Hello everyone, and thank you for the download. It's Tuesday, November 14th, and this is episode 66 of the Marty Called Podcast. I'm Tim Grassy, and today I'm joined by recently crowned world champion Skipper Ben. Ben, are you still hungover from the Rangers World Series victory? Uh... I was hungover before it, uh, and definitely hungover after still. But I was going to correct you if you didn't call me world champion Skipper Ben. So uh, <laughs> a, a hat tip to you, sir, for I that imagine, uh, fantastic intro. I imagine that hat is like a Judah Friedlander world champion hat, that type of thing. They're the ugliest hats in the world, but, you know, got to <laughs> buy one. Got to buy a world champion hat. Yeah, yeah. I've got the the four Red Sox ones because i got to make this about me. I've got the four Red Sox ones uh, up behind me. But anyway, uh, Josh is still in line for his cocktail at the Tip Top Club at Jollywood Nights, so he will not be joining (laughs) us this evening. But we have an action-packed agenda. Ben drew the short straw because we're talking (laughs) trip planning. Kill me. (laughs) Uh, We we have to talk about Jollywood Nights. Uh, It was an overwhelming success over at Hollywood Studios. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. I haven't. I've never actually been to the Christmas party over at the Magic Kingdom. You guys like that, right? You've done that a couple of times, if I'm not mistaken, I, right? I loved it back when it was like thirty dollars a person. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fantastic. That's, now it's a buck fifty to start for the low end, but now it's not even an option. It's uh, ridiculous. But uh, no, we used to go all the time. Uh, used to plan trips around it. That and and uh, Mickey's not so scary, but. Uh, you know, we've joined the club of the priced out people when it comes to the uh, the, the after hours parties, I think. If you want to know how you're supposed to feel about it and how you're supposed to post about <laughs> it on social media and how you're supposed to react about it, ask friend of the show, Chris Wakefield. You can follow him, Wakefield Report, on Twitter or X. Well, he was he, he was boots on the ground, right? So he had a first person perspective I, of everything that was going on that night. That seems likely. He seems like the type of person that would be buying a uh, $850 uh, a night ticket. Uh, he, he might be uh, – Chris, I love you, but I'm sure you're probably complaining at guest services right now for a party that you didn't go to. Um, so I will admit that this wasn't – I mean, it was on my radar in as much as I knew it was a thing, but I didn't really care about it. And the hate that is coming out about this party – is is kind of interesting and it's all over the place too like you know you know like the hate that stitch's great escape got like yeah there was just like shade thrown on stuff that shouldn't have had shade thrown on it like yeah. uh one of the things that i'll say like like the music is lousy actually the music for stitch's great escape is pretty darn good mm-hmm. the rest of it was atrocious but that's what i'm talking about here where there is there are a couple of things here, and the primary entertainment seems to be relatively popular and relative, yeah. relatively well-received. The Muppet Show that they're doing over at the Beauty and the Beast Theater and the Nightmare Before Christmas Show. That looked cool. That, like, they, it looked decent for, for temporary entertainment for a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, what are you? What were you really expecting? That seemed to be the driver of it, that and characters. That's what these events are. But yeah, it was getting all sorts of hate all over the place. This is, uh, I, 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 I liken this to you know people who buy a, a the new PlayStation the day it launches, or the people who do the uh, Apple updates on their phones like immediately and, and things break right away. Yep. Yep. This is your fault. You want to go to opening night of this? <laughs> Guess what? This is on you. A new event that they haven't done before. Things are not going to go right. They, uh, that's that's typical of any of yeah. this stuff. Sure, they're charging their arm and leg. I saw Chris. You know, uh, they're charging so much. You should expect more. Yeah, you probably should. But guess what? It, it's still 
not going to work the way they you you know imagine on that very first night. So you want to have the best experience. Don't go opening night to a brand new event. Things are going to go wrong. Uh, yeah. So I don't have a ton of sympathy for these influencers or people who just want to. There's Disney has that whole community of the people who just want to be first at everything. Yeah. Sorry, you know what's coming. You know I mean, what's coming. I get coming. that. I mean, uh, for for me, it's been wanting to be uh, to to steal a line from Lin Manuel Miranda in the room where it happens at like the D twenty three Expo type things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whose fault is it when I spend nine hundred bucks and they don't announce anything? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, all right. At the end of the day, you're going to make a decision on whether or not this type of event is worth the money, and many people are going to say yes, and many people are going to say no, mm-hmm. but. Uh, initial reviews not so great. I guarantee D- Disney did not go into that opening night going like, let's make this as miserable as possible. That probably wasn't their goal. <laughs> and and I promise this group that went are some of the most needy Disney fans completely, out there. Completely, that's the other so thing too. That's that's a that's a recipe for disaster right there. And yeah. they this group. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I saw too many influencers there that first night that were on there complaining <laughs> about it. And I first, I want to see receipts. Yeah. I want to see who actually bought a ticket to this thing before they right. went and complained about a refund. And two, I mean, that that group, they, they don't roll with the punches very well. They never no. do, no. ever. So this was just – this was going to happen no matter how many tickets they sold that first night. It was going to be – some kind of disaster waiting to happen. And, you know, by the end of this, the end of this run, guess what? Things are going to run pretty smooth. The line for the tip top club is going to look halfway decent. Things will get better. It's just this first night, this, these, the group of people that have to be there for the first night to be the first one to do it, the first one to do anything. You've got to just be ready to, to deal with what's coming to you. If you're, if you're, uh, if it's that important to you and the ones who aren't like that, like the regular day guests who bought a ticket for them, I do feel bad for them who maybe didn't have the best experience in the world. But surprisingly, I bet those are the ones that didn't complain that much. They don't know any better to expect any better. Honestly, they probably <laughs> went in and was like, this is fine, whatever. It's crowded, but we had a good time. It's the ones that are expecting, uh, you know, to walk on everything, have no way, have have it just, I don't know. It, it, it was, it was very humorous to see the comp- amount of complaining that was going on that night. And it was humorous to see the people who were at home that were dogging on it, uh, piling on as well. <laughs> Every once in a while, you get a day like that on Diz Twitter. That's very amusing. But the, you mentioned the tip top club. I mentioned the tip top club. I think this was something that, all right, it's an idea akin to say beastly kingdom where we hear a word or we hear a phrase that has park lore and we set up our expectations so high as to what it's going to be realistically like what was on the table for what the tip top club could have been at a Hollywood studios nighttime event that runs 20 times in two months. Was it anything substantially more than what they did? I thought it was fine. So that was one of the complaints that like, oh, it's just a temporary bar set up outside Tower of Terror. I think, though, a lot of that complaint was how long that line was to the bar. That's fair. I also wonder like how many social media people like went in and ordered every cocktail on the menu so they could get their pictures of it. So you've got people ordering, you know, uh, however many drinks there were that that isn't going to happen every single night. Absolutely. They're sitting there. They're sitting there editing their vlogs right now. And yeah. we're going to have 40 vlogs of the same damn thing. Right, exactly. That, the, the, the complaints I saw about Tip Hop Club was uh, uh, 
the lack of number of bartenders compared to how long the line was. That, that I saw yeah. a few posts about there were only three bartenders. They should have planned this better. And you're exactly right. It was that area is being slammed by influencers trying to do exactly what you said. Right. The, on a typical night, everybody's going to order one or two drinks, not right. seven drinks. But then once you got down there and you had the bar and you had the band and the setup and the lighting and like that part, I thought was pretty darn cool. Uh, right. It actually maybe it was even a little bit more than I expected uh, for them to do uh, in that area. So, yeah, I'm. I don't know. I'm. I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for those that were complaining about it. Like it, it. It was. It was fine. What they did. It was. It was not less than what they could have done. Like the the the, the band setup. The band looked cool. The lighting looked cool. You had the bar atmosphere. It was in that courtyard, which is actually a really cool area at night. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of cool stuff about that. You're underneath the, the the Tower of Terror while it's running. It was a cool. It was a cool atmosphere. The. We weren't first off. We weren't planning on doing going too much into Jollywood Nights here, but Thanks, the nature Chris. of the, <laughs> the nature of this show is to create to come up with solutions for things like this. And at uh, the Christmas party, at the Halloween party, they have tweaked attractions. And you could certainly make the case that by having a temporary show at Beauty and the Beast and the Frozen Theater, that they did that. But we've talked quite a bit about attractions at Hollywood Studios that could be changeable. Uh, you could have a different soundtrack on Rock and Roller Coaster. You could have a different game or two over in Toy Story Mania just exclusive to an event like this. Um, I imagine that the investment over at Toy Story Mania is probably not worth it unless it's something where uh, you can guarantee that this is going to run for a decade. But uh, <laughs> those are the types of things that will be nice additions, nice ways to supplement this if this were to continue in future years. But I also imagine this is a bit of a trial balloon for them as well. Were there were there fireworks for this? Was it like a phantasmic showing? What did they do on that front? Oh, you know? what did they show? They showed Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam. Was I think that's what they ended up doing. Okay. Uh, okay. So nothing new, but nothing new, uh, but that's still like a show that they don't show all that often, right? Right. Right. Okay. Uh, Cool show. Yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is there. I mean, probably akin to what they're doing over at the Magic Kingdom where they're showing enchantment as well. So you can get a double dip on fireworks if you're paying for the I, nighttime I mean, show. I mean, honestly, um, like... Uh, that's for yeah, that's, like, that's not for Christmas, so that's in, I think, January that they're doing that for like yeah, an upcharge yeah. event. Yeah. Okay. But even like at Mickey's Not So Scary, like what you're only really getting a different fireworks, you're getting a parade, and you're getting the uh, Hocus Pocus show. It, with this one, you've got... The Nightmare Before Christmas show, you got the Muppet show, like you got kind of the same equivalent new experiences. Uh, it's there wasn't a parade. Everybody loves a parade, mm-hmm. uh, but you got you got a couple shows. The Magic Kingdom doesn't do anything new on the well. No, I'm sorry for the Magic Kingdom with the the holiday one. They do now turn on the what the Christmas lights inside Space Mountain. I, uh, yeah, you know, but that's really it. There's there Didn't is no something for Tea Party as well, maybe. Maybe, but nothing, nothing drastic, nothing crazy. Uh, yeah. But it, it, I mean, a lot of these, ex- a lot of these upcharges really are a usually a nighttime show, a couple shows, and some character experiences, and that's what you got here, uh, along with an extra bar. That's that yep. doesn't happen at other uh, events. Theoretically, so, reduced crowds elsewhere. There wasn't anything party related over at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge or Toy Story Land to my knowledge. You know, so. that's the one thing I didn't see a whole lot of complaining about the length of lines for the attractions. Yeah, because everybody's in a three hour yeah. line for an obscure character. Yeah. yeah. Which is so, fine. I mean like that's the nature yeah. of a lot of these things. Crank out uh the old character costumes that you probably only have one or two of 
and and make them um, make those meet and greet things. Those would be the types of things, honestly, where like a virtual queue system would be the better approach because mm-hmm. a, a character meet and greet, what can it do? Maybe 200 people an hour, like yeah. so many, so many groups, depending on the size of those groups. Those are the types of things that I'd, I'd like to see employed for an event like this, where I know at like Star Wars weekends, we're again talking way too much about Jollywood. Nights. This is, <laughs> is going to be the last minute. They would do um, fast passes for like the celebrity autograph sessions. Yeah. So yeah. those types of things for your obscure characters, I understand people wanting to or, or, or the risk of getting shut out. And if somebody's willing to wait three hours to see Oogie Boogie or whoever was there, and so be it. But um, yeah. anyway, all right, trip planning. Oh God, <laughs> wake up, Ben. So one of the things, actually, Ben, he he, he uh, talks a good game or whines a good game, as it probably eh. is, is, is is more accurate, uh, was the pre registration pre registration for the disability pass. I, I just want to say also there is no evidence of me texting you saying that we should do a trip planning show. <laughs> I just believe there's multiple threads. God um, damn it. Anyway, I deleted those. So. As I've mentioned several times before, I have an autistic older brother, and over the years we have used the disability access pass or previous variations for it, and Matt has had it before. This time, uh, the way that it works, you still have to be 30 days within the start of your trip. And when I was doing this, bef- when I was doing this this time around, I did run into some tech issues that are probably user error, but it initially didn't work on Firefox or Chrome, but it did work on my iPad. And I suspect what may have happened was that I might have had like a regular chat open and not the disability chat. So mm-hmm. if you have, if you've navigated to the disability page on Disney's site and you also have like DisneyWorld.com open, that will pop up a regular chat like hey can you how can i plan your magical vacation today and if that is open it won't open the disability chat so yeah. just just be forewarned so uh last year uh was different than the first go around with this when they first initiated this when they first set this up people were waiting hours and hours to get connected with the person so i wanted to see how long it was going to take before my brother got here uh and this was like mid-afternoon a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and when i when i did it right away i was basically connected to a person within five minutes yep. and then about an hour later my brother shows up and the wait was a little bit longer so i uh, i have some time stamps here I logged on at 4.28 p.m. First touch was 4.44. Second touch was 4.54, notifying us that a cast member is not yet connected. Uh, yet, oh, Sorry, notifying us that somebody that was in our group was not connected, yet she was connected. The, the cast member just had misinformation. They were basically trying to do two things at once. Mm-hmm. 5.01, uh, agent is still kind of doing two things at once. 5.09, I get uh, another message from the agent. 5.15, the video call started. So from when I logged on to the video call starting, it was 47 minutes. I just want to also say real quick before you get to the next part is uh, a running joke uh, about these trip planning uh, over the years has been like you talking about going minute by minute uh, yep. on your trip. Yeah, and so we literally, we literally just did that. So time stamps. Great, great. <laughs> we literally just did it. You're welcome. This is the only uh, section where I actually did that. No, that's a lie. That's definitely a lie. As I look <laughs> it's through definitely my notes. A lie. <laughs> so 
I think they did this last year, and you've done this fairly recently yourself, I believe. Mm-hmm. So uh, 10 minutes after the video call started, no issues there. I, we've had one in the past. It is very clear that my brother is disabled. And uh, we talk about the various behavioral concerns. But uh, they a- they ask you to fill out a form with your preferred attractions, and then they just assign you times, which is yeah. a little bit different. So, like, I gave them a list of three or four attractions, and then they, they automatically booked things for those attractions, but I had the ability to change them if I didn't like them. Yeah. So, I learned, I learned from that because they actually made me go back a few days later because we have seven park days, and they only let me book four. Because uh, for whatever reason, they only let me book four. They wouldn't let me do all seven. Probably because I'm not staying on site. That's my guess. Yeah, that's going to be it. Yeah, we had – on ours, we had ten days all on on site, but we only got to book the first seven. Okay, Uh, interesting. But uh, all in, I was done by 545 for that first go around. So it took about an hour and 15 minutes. Um, to just do the first four days of the trip. But then a few days later, I logged back on again and was able to take care of the last three days. Mm-hmm. So that side of things, I don't know how you feel about this. I really like the pre-registration thing, and I will absolutely mm-hmm. take advantage of the pre-booking. Mm-hmm. But as somebody that is not really a fan of the pre-booking of attractions in general for everybody, I think it's largely unnecessary. I appreciate it. We'll take advantage of it if it's available. But I don't know yeah. how much – I think it was a mistake for them to offer it because I don't think anybody was asking for it. Yeah. And Well, it, it, the yeah, way no. I approach it is, uh, you know, with my daughter and then with my, my dad uh, and his cancer, it, it, it's a huge help because we just never know on a day-to-day basis on uh, how things are going to go. <laughs> and right. we, we also – on top of this, we buy Genie Plus – same with us. So it's it's not like a totally reliant on the system. We're fine with paying to to help make it easier on them. Right. And so the way I kind of look at this pre-boarding, uh, the pre-booking is we just kind of we're happy with whatever they give us, select for us. The time, you know, we we they try are to bonuses. do it. Yeah, That's we try to do it a little it. later in the day uh because the especially in my well, my dad is just the mornings are Okay. The ni- nights are way easier than the mornings uh, for, for some of this. Same with my daughter. So we asked for just a little bit later start. But yeah, these are – if we get to use them, great. If not, it's no no sweat. What we'll, percentage we'll, of them would you say you've used in the past of the oh, advanced booking ones? This silence is great for the show. It is, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, we're north of 50%. We're, That's, it depends I'd say on we're when, probably it de- close to seventy five ourselves. Yeah, it depends on when that start time is. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes you get somebody that's real will work with you really well. Yep. And in the past, before this last trip, where you could make some adjustments on it, the previous ones you were kind of like you got what you got. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of adjustment on there. It was like these are what we As have. My this says is what's you get what you get, and you don't get yeah. upset. Yeah. So. And with us having Genie Plus, we would also be like, well, if we if we don't want to get there by nine, we'll just get a Genie Plus for that later. Yeah, exactly, in the day. That's, we're good, we're fine. That's the mindset. So yeah, there's no sweat off the back on on those whether you hit them or not. Uh, they, we definitely look at them as bonuses that we can help uh, supplement to the Genie Plus purchase, just to kind of make the day easier on those who need it the most. So listeners to our show know this. Uh, but I'm going to reiterate it anyway because I'm sure all of the listeners to the show 
will get questions from non-Disney fans that are going to the parks and say, hey, what advice can you give me? And the, the comment that I always say, first off, bring your wallet. But there are six – if you have a disabled person in your party, there are six possible ways to experience an attraction and no attraction have, have access to all six possible ways. And that in itself is just insanely ridiculously confusing. Uh, that was a great sentence, Tim. But I mean, <laughs> wait in a standby line available at most attractions but not Cosmic Rewinder Tron. Get a virtual queue, only available at Cosmic Rewinder Tron. Pay for individual Lightning Lane, available at one to two attractions per park as an additional expense. Pay for Genie Plus slash Lightning Lane, available at several attractions per park as an additional expense. Advanced DAS reservations, available at most Genie Plus slash Lightning Lane eligible attractions with at least one additional exception per park. And day of DAS reservations, available for nearly everything in the park except Cosmic Rewinder Tron. Then, uh-huh. inevitably, if you're there for a week you're probably going to experience at least three to five rides that break down mm-hmm. and you're going to get a replacement for any of those six things. And those replacements are each going to have their own set of rules. Mm-hmm. So if you're wondering why people say that a Disney vacation is too complicated, that's why. <laughs> that is absolutely why. So My, my, my sister and uh, her daughter, my niece, are going on a band trip coming up. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> I, my niece said it to me kind of joking that I ruined her last trip because I had everything so planned out. Yeah, because you know what you're doing. <laughs> and you have to. And so I love it because it's just my sister and and her going on this upcoming trip. And her quote to my niece was, you're about to realize how much you you need to appreciate your uncle on yeah. these trips. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even before like this, you probably faced this uh, family dynamic wise. We had, I remember a trip, this is going back 10 plus years, where we had my sister and her kids who were younger at the time as, uh, you know, the passage of time kind of works out that way, where I knew that if we went to Animal Kingdom this day, that would be really our only chance to go to the Animal Kingdom. And she didn't want to go to the Animal Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And there was a bit of a a fight and we ended up just splitting what we did on that given day. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the trip, not to say I told you so, but she didn't go to the Animal Kingdom. And I pointedly had told her, if you want to go to the Animal Kingdom, you're not going to get over there except for this day. And I said that to basically everybody in the family, and half of us went to the Animal Kingdom, and half of us went to Hollywood (laughs) Studios. And that's that's how it kind of shakes out. Yep. That was, I believe, pre-FastPass Plus, but it was just kind of recognizing what made sense for that particular trip. So anyway... Disney trips uh, are a good test on the family dynamic uh, yeah, and how, yeah. how how you make it. Th- I mean, <laughs> even even growing. I mean, back when it was fa- paper fast passes, I was the one that would run to the next attraction oh, yeah. and get it all while you guys got to sit on a bench and have an ice cream. Yep. Uh, you you this my family owes me for years mm-hmm. of, of the work. So yeah, when we go now and it's all app based. I expect you to kind of follow, follow, fall in line. Yep, <laughs> exactly. I, I know what I'm doing. I'm the arbiter and, of fun. You will yes. listen to me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and by the end, everybody always gets to do everything they wanted to do. So yep. it, it might be, it might be a chore to get to that point, but yep. you're never, they, they, none of them ever leave going, damn it. I didn't do this or I didn't do that. You, I always make sure each one of you get done what you want to get done. Even that when it's my brother-in-law who, mm-hmm doesn't like theme parks at all, somehow falls in love with Ratatouille, yep. uh, just blows all of our minds. So I make sure he gets a, another ride or two in on it uh, <laughs> by the end of the trip 
to even appease him. So, I mean, my goal, and it's it's a lofty one at that, is everybody has their favorites in my family. And we've gone, you know, uh, pretty much annually, if not multiple times per year for my entire life. But I look at it, we're there for seven days. How can I get everybody in our group on their favorite things twice? That's mm-hmm. the goal. Mm-hmm. And there's absolutely going to be things where we go on three and four times. There's absolutely going to be things where people only get on at once. But yeah. if the goal is that, then people kind of understand it. And there, yeah. especially things with a height requirement with two young girls, that's going to add a layer of difficulty because somebody always has to stay off with them. But yeah. that that's kind of the underlying goal. And I made that pretty clear. And everybody kind of understood and respected that. So I mentioned those advanced bookings. I have a day where our normal group for those seven days is going to be my parents, my brother, my wife, myself, and our two girls, only one of which requires a ticket. So six ticketed guests, which for the disability pass rules works. They kind of have a soft cap of six uh, people, but the for the advanced booking, it's a hard cap of six people. So on the mm-hmm. Animal Kingdom day, my in-laws are going to be joining us. So two additional people, and we made a reservation for Dinosaur, and we made a reservation for Kilimanjaro Safaris. Now, Dinosaur has a height requirement. It's not something that everything does. Six of us can go on it. Two can stay off with the girls. That's not a big deal. But Kilimanjaro Safaris is something everybody can do. I know ahead of time, there's a probably 75% chance we don't actually use that advanced booking. But there was no other option for that particular thing. It was going to be either that or Navi River Journey, and the timing was better for Kilimanjaro Safaris. So that's what we took. And I'm sure that you've been faced with similar decisions yeah. throughout it, where you, you look at perhaps even time more so than the attraction itself. Yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, I know your family obviously has their favorites, and I'm sure that there's probably a lot of correlation with mine. <laughs> but the other thing that I run into, and what stresses me out about all of this more than anything, is day one with my brother, where yeah. he gets most anxious is at the Magic Kingdom. He needs to hit his half a dozen favorite things, or or once he's hit those, then. He takes a step back. Then it's like a switch has been like whatever, whatever drug has been bottled up to to curb anxiety. Yeah, the best reaction that you can put in an autistic person, in this case, my brother, is satisfying his run that starts at Jungle Cruise, Pirates, previously Splash, uh, soon to be Tiana's, Thunder Mountain, Haunted Mansion, Peter Pan, and It's a Small World. Once he's hit those attractions, he takes a step back. And he's calm again. Yeah. Uh, but he needs to see that they're there. And I don't think Splash Mountain, being with it not being there, is going to be an issue for him because we've told him that it's not. And he's dealt with things like that in the past. He's dealt with Spaceship Earth being closed. He dealt with Great Movie great movie Ride being removed. All of the Epcot classic attractions being closed and replaced. All of those things were things that he loved. But as long as there is a replacement, that's kind of how he copes with things in life as well yeah. as in Disney parks. So if we tell him that Splash Mountain is closed and there's going to be a new ride the next time he goes, he's going to be fine with that. And we just have to temper that expectation ahead of it. But I know right now that for some inexplicable reason, as much as my family loves it, it's never been the case prior to COVID, Jungle Cruise is the most popular lightning lane in the park. 
Mm-hmm. I can't explain why that is, other than they have to be doing something with the capacity on that ride. Oh, for sure. Uh, like the whether they're running six boats or what? What is that? You, I mean, you you operated that attraction. It can run ten, right? Uh, with the new boats, I think that is correct. Yeah, I think they. they okay. I, it was more than that with the old boats, but these boats are just too big. So I, I it's somewhere around ten. Yeah. Do you? Rec- I mean, it's it's clear on like a roller coaster when say like Everest, you can run it with five trains. If you put a sixth train on the track, you're not gaining enough in additional capacity relative mm-hmm. to the problems that you're creating. I'm sure that there's a law of diminishing returns for Jungle Cruise as well. But do you have any idea, say, where that sweet spot is on a low crowd day versus a busy crowd day and what they typically do? I know you're, again, 20 years removed from operating well, it. But- honestly, I think probably the bigger issue right now is probably staffing for that attraction more than ha- the the it the number of boats that they have available probably coincides with how many skippers they actually have trained to uh, run it. And I know that if they're having staffing issues at you know restaurants and other things that they claim, again, it it might not be actually a staffing issue in that there's not enough people. It might be more of a we don't want to hire. <laughs> that, <laughs> too that's many more people. realistic. I mean, it's that's, been three years. Yeah, and yes, it's their fault that they let go of what thirty thousand people. But the fact is, Jungle Cruise has a further out lightning lane than Peter Pan every single day. Further yeah. out than Space Mountain every single day. And I just, I don't know. I don't get I, it. I, 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 to me, on my last trips, it definitely seemed to be, again, because it's not an attraction to where, I mean, like when I did Muppets, it's, yep. you're trained in two days. If that, you're checking out on your third day and you're in rotation by the end of your third day. Most attractions are that simple. Jungle Cruise is not that simple. That's fair. To to train people up on. So that would be one I could kind of see them like running with maybe a core group, adding on when they need and not having an overstaffed attraction running. You know, when I was there, it was was definitely running at a bare minimum where I'm doing 12 to 14 hour shifts because they didn't want to train, you know, new people. But mine was because the attraction was going down for a year long refurb after uh, I left. But I definitely could see them, you know, not not fully staffing that ride. And you that directly corresponds with uh, uh, I think I just corresponds weird um, with, with how many boats they can have on on the river at a time that's not going to affect rides like a expedition Everest. you know they 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 can run that on a bare minimum uh not have that many bumps going through it's the same number of cast it's it's the same cast but with this one if you're short jungle skippers if somebody calls off you know one or two skippers call off that day that's a boat you're taking a boat offline and you know they're what they're probably doing is limiting a bit on the fast passes uh, or the genie pluses that are available in but anticipation. I always see that line spilling out, though. I, I, I always see that. I mean, granted, that's yeah. not really the best representation of it, but I feel that I f- that's what I thought as well, that they were restricting the lightning lane access. But with consistency, I would see that line spilling out much in the which, same way that Thunder Which lines? Jump, the, uh, the, the fast pass line or the lightning lane and, line. And that's that to me is because there's not enough boats running to yeah. keep that line going short. That's exactly what that that's That's a sign that they're not running at full capacity because if you're running 10 boats at a time yeah. back when I did it and it was, it was fast pass, that fast pass line was gone. Right. Uh, and we were running, you know, we were, we were running a ton of boats at a time. There was there never were a regular line there. Days so. Where they like when 
Park Park Ops had the authority to do so during Paper Fast Pass, they yep. would shut off Paper Fast Pass for Jungle Cruise. That was one of the ones that well, would, that would happen. Take a look at it this time as well, because on our trip this summer, it definitely played this way to where we we used Genie Plus every time to ride it. So we were in that line and we went through quick, even though that yep. line extends out, you're you go through fast. You're on a boat pretty quick. But the weird part is there doesn't ever seem to be much of a standby line for that ride, even though standby says it's like 60 minutes. It's yeah. it's a weird dynamic over there where there is a line. It is hidden a little bit. But back in my day, 60 minutes meant the. uh Underneath the roof, it was butt to butt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't an inch available. Every part of that switchback was full. You don't see that anymore, even when I've waited the, sixty it, minutes for Jungle Cruise. And yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's weird. There's it's that that ride runs really really weird right now. Yeah, there's something up with it. And I I had po- I posed the question to Len Tessa. I think he had boots on the ground looking at it, but I don't know that I got a definitive answer. Maybe I'll follow up with him well, on it. And you're going to be there for Jingle Cruise. Right. That's already started. And I like Jingle Cruise. I love Jingle Cruise, but that's also another strain on how fast those passes are going to go. Yeah, that's and that's fair. So, so so back to the logistics of day one. Matt's routine historically has been those seven attractions, oftentimes in order. So Jungle Cruise is his favorite thing in the parks. It's the first thing that he mentions whenever we talk about Disney. So it would be it's to the point where we would reschedule a trip if Jungle Cruise was down for refurbishment because that that's the one thing that he just couldn't handle. Excuse me. And I recall mentioning a few years ago there was uh, when they were doing a refurbishment, we weren't sure what the timing was going to be. And we had prompted him and he said something to the effect of like, uh, it was already closed in 1987. And granted, he said it in, in Matt speak, but it was it was presumably accurate because he remembers stuff like that. But, uh, you know, 25 years later, he is still remembering that it was closed for refurbishment on that particular trip we took. But so his his routine is Jungle Cruise, Pirates, Splash and Thunder. Those are the first four things. We've had success in recent years deviating on the order. But again, that anxiety, there's an initial reprieve after the ride on Jungle Cruise. But if we start at Pirates, and we're probably going to have to do that, that's going to be, again, a little bit more anxiety on his part. And Mm -hmm. the advanced bookings that we got were Thunder Mountain from 10 to 11, Haunted Mansion 1130 to 1230. So the variable that we're going to have is we will probably be at the park right at 9 a.m. or attempt to. And with two young uh, kids and uh, 75-year-old parents and an autistic man and just two (laughs) 40-year-old adults, I don't know how realistic that's going to be, but that's going to be the effort. Uh, I've already been trying to hammer that home. And again, I'm sure you've done the same thing, that the other variable here is when you get in the virtual queue for Tron, you have no idea what you're getting. And I'm going to go back to the line that my (laughs) three-year-old stole from a teacher. You get what you get and you don't get upset. Yep. If we get group five on Tron, then that's where we're going first. And I know that we're not going to make everybody go over there because my parents and my kids aren't going to go on that ride. But it's going to be one more thing ahead of the Jungle Cruise on Matt's list. My expectation of day one is... Wherever Tron slots in, that's an immovable object. Jungle Cruise will probably be a day of disability pass, and we will probably get pirates 
at 7.01 after whatever we get for Tron, assuming we get a Tron virtual queue. So, and also, and you're on property on your Magic Kingdom day. Uh, we're not. We are staying off property. Okay. So I think it still affects off property as well. But if yeah. it's a 9 a.m. open, that's an 8:30 uh, early entry for Correct. resort guests. Correct. So if you're group one, yep. you're going to get the text at 8:30 in the morning, even yep. though you can't get in there until nine. <laughs> yep. I, so so I, much fun. I, so that's the other variable, and it's a great point that. For Tron, Cosmic Rewind, they they don't officially say this, but they don't really enforce the end time for Cosmic right. Rewind. With Tron, they do. Absolutely. My, under- yep. my understanding is that if you're in one of those first groups for Tron, they will give you till 10 o'clock. Well, okay. Ass- assume, assuming, the, yeah. assuming the park opens at 9. They should. Um, <laughs> uh, but they the, the window is designed to be an hour. So. Yep. That's my expectation, and I mean, it's the fastest finger thing that we hate that we've complained about for, well, basically since it's existed. Uh-huh. At the same time, I don't want to pay 20 bucks a head for it either. So, the, have, you, have you done it yet? I can't, you haven't done I, it. Right? I haven't been on Tron yet, no. Okay. So, and for Cosmic Rewind, I've only been on the holiday version, which they're not running. So, I'm looking well, forward to that. That's going to be a new attraction for me as well, kind that's of. That's cool. So, don't hesitate on your fastest finger with Tron because nope, if you I do, you, you will be t- paying $20 uh, a person like I ended up having to do one day. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, part of me for day one is kind of thinking, all right, it's only going to be Marie, Matt, and I that are going to do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> From a stress relief standpoint, 60 bucks and being yeah. able to slot it in over time that I want might yeah. be more beneficial. But, I mean, it's just not logical I, to do that. Yeah. I, and the thing with that one, you have to remember as well, you're probably waiting 45 minutes when you get in your virtual queue. Yeah. At least. Well, so, uh, so it, here's the thing, though. And you, I don't know if you if you even knew this. If you have a disability pass, they will let you into the lightning lane. I don't once, think I've done, done once that. Once you have so, the virtual queue, no. we've done that on Cosmic Rewind. Okay. So, I have not done that. <laughs> uh, pro, pro tip. Pro uh, tip. And again, we're talking about, all right, extenuating circumstances with my family. But you want to look. I'm looking at uh, uh, day 235, November 10th stats, 7 a.m., 5.4 seconds, 1 p.m., 8.5 seconds. So that's actually pretty darn yeah. quick. Yeah. Um, usually the 7 a.m. drop is, is four to seven seconds. The 1 p.m. has been lasting longer. So like Saturday, for example, that lasted 43 minutes. Yeah. But I will say the nice yeah, thing on Tron that if you do end up going through the lightning lane uh, in that instance, their lightning lane mimics the standby uh, line. So okay. it's not like Guardians where you bypass a lot of those exhibits where I feel like the first time you ever do Guardians, you should go through the standby line and see all of that stuff yeah. to really understand the story. Tron, their their lightning lane is separated from the standby, but but it has it mirrors it on both sides. So you get that reveal, that little room with the window and that reveals uh the launch of the coaster that is really, really cool. Uh in the past, when they built a new attraction, you would you oftentimes skip that part of the stand of the line because they want to get you on the attraction real quick. They did a great job of actually you don't miss anything whether you go through either line on Tron. You get the whole story, you get the you get that really cool reveal and then you get uh you understand what you're doing. It's it's not the I feel like the Guardians Lightning Lane rushes you through that area that uh you you I feel like you miss a lot. You've got from, like the, you the go to that line. first first room where you have the 
the ceiling show. But you, for lack you of go through thing. that typically quite quick. Yeah, you go through that quickly, and then you're in like a back hallway yep. where it's it's really a, an unremarkable area for it. I think I, there was a couple of small things that maybe yeah. played the interviews with the Guardians, with like yep. the news reporters, and that was about it. I so. think the Model City is one of the coolest things about that attraction. Yeah. And you only get that if you go through the standby uh, line. Uh, and, and, you know, even the little <laughs> Peter Quill veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit, but you miss all that if you if you go through the uh, lightning lane. So, yeah, you don't have to wait for anything, but there's a whole lot of the story that you miss. So when we go to Epcot later on in the trip, uh, Marie's mother and stepfather are joining us. And uh, her stepfather has historically not been a roller coaster guy, but he wants to try Cosmic Rewind. So that'll be interesting to see how he does with it. Now, he's the one family member. Uh, you mocked me on our last trip about uh, my my stomach not being able to handle certain roller coasters. <laughs> he's the one family member that'll do the intense version of Mission Space and loves it. Like That's, that's one of his favorite rides. And I think he's in a uh, in a phone booth for the people that can join him in saying that, but yeah, he wanted to try it, and I've warned him like, look, it messed my father up for a day and a half, so we'll yeah. see we'll see how he does with it. But uh, I'm excited I'm for you to ride Tron. I I freaking loved it. It's it looks I, great. I want to yeah. make a point of going over there at night, and I may pay for it to ride it at night as well. Yeah, but I think that we're gonna have enough. I think we have two Magic Kingdom start days, and then we're hopping there a couple of times as well. Mm-hmm. So it might be a situation where I just pay for it for like and three I, of us and that's it. I did it early. I did it mid-afternoon and I did it during an extra magic hours uh, mm-hmm. night. And while it is cool at night, you're not missing anything if you do it during the day. Like it, it is a neat experience at night, but it's all under that canopy that yeah, all true. you're really getting is a little bit more of the glow of the neon as you fly under it. You're not seeing the night sky. You're covered from all that. Sure. So, you know, yeah, if you want to spend 20 bucks to do it on your own, go for it. But if you, at the end of the day, go, I, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't have time. It's not something you need to like kick yourself for, for missing. When you're when you're on vacation, twenty bucks means a lot less than when you're not on vacation. Yeah, it's- yeah. So, <laughs> but I love I, I freaking love the ride. I think back when I did my trip review, I gave it a glowing review. It's we've talked about the length of it based on the YouTube videos. Yeah, I, I didn't feel it was short in the least bit. I felt like I got my, uh, you know, especially when I paid for that one time, I got my money's worth. I was cool with yep. it. I was very happy with it. And it's up there with my absolute top, top list of favorite attractions in the Magic Kingdom and in all the parks, honestly. like they, It's a freaking great ride. So, uh, yeah, excited to hear your review of it. So, moving away from the Magic Kingdom, uh, I just want to call out one of our days, our Hollywood Studios start day. I think we have two of them. Started Pizza got- Rizzo. Uh, we, we got incredibly fortunate on how things worked out with the advanced disability passes where we have Slinky Dog at 9 and Smuggler's Run at 10. Oh, and, wow. we, and we have an Ogus Cantina reservation at 1125. Nice. Uh, I've, I've been trying to just get my parents to see the inside of that. What I need to remember is that I actually made two of those Ogus Cantina reservations. So I need to be sure to cancel uh, one of them. Uh, are, you there there. Uh, are you there all day? Are you there? No, we'll okay. probably leave. Uh, I don't. I don't know what we're where we're hopping to that day. That might be like a Magic Kingdom open till eleven uh, okay. f- situation. That particular I, day. I was gonna say that's. Uh, you can cancel one of those for sure, so you don't you don't screw up there. But 
I was shocked every night during the summer, during peak summer. Yep. You know, around an hour before the park closed, they're asking they're the the the, the hostess that are walking through the streets asking, "Do you want to come into Ogus?" Uh, so and I've little- tried and they haven't had that luck. So I just okay. it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, make a reservation. Just suck it up. We'll, well probably for, get you know four drinks between the six or eight of us that are going to go yeah. in. But whatever. Well, for anybody who doesn't get a uh, reservation or wants to go in for a nightcap at the end of your night, that's a little tip for everybody. Just make a pass back there. You never know. Yeah. Uh, but literally every single night of my summer trip in June, uh, and I would imagine you might mirror the same in, as a in a November trip. Yeah. Uh, there's a pretty good chance that you might get to go in and it stays open well past park close. So that's the other nice thing is like we we would, we would ride millennium Falcon at park close, come out and then we could go inside and, you know, kill another 30 minutes in there. So smugglers run, it's not something that I would go out of my way to visit, but my three-year-old is 38 inches tall now. Um, Oh, can I ride with her and cuss at her? Please, 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 please. My turn. (laughs) My turn. My turn. I mean, she doesn't. She doesn't really know Star Wars at all. She knows who Grogu is, and that's about it. We were talking about Chewbacca because she made a noise that was reminiscent of Chewbacca's growl, I guess. But she she doesn't. It doesn't mean anything to her. But it's still a ride that is a next step up. And we've been talking about roller coasters quite a bit. So thirty eight inches is the height requirement for. Uh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and Slinky Dog Dash. So she's aware of those. And one of our, part of our bedtime routine is literally me running around her room, like with her in my arms, simulating roller coasters. So we go through, uh, for Barnstormer, we have to go up the lift hill and make the clicking noise. And for Slinky Dog Dash, we, we, uh, I pull her back and then we launch and go up the hill. And those are the various things that are part of her bedtime routine. <laughs> I'm anticipating when we get there that she's going to look at them and be intimidated, but we shall yeah. see. And I imagine day one, what we'll probably do is we'll try her on Barnstormer again. Last yeah. year, that yeah. was, that was a, uh, a firm no for returning back to Barnstormer. <laughs> <laughs> she was she was not a fan of it, but I imagine just one year older. I don't know how old uh, your your girls were when they first were comfortable on roller coasters, but um, knowing my, and walking around the parks with you, they they definitely love them now. So uh, it's funny. My youngest uh, was riding them uh, like at six weeks old. Uh, no, <laughs> she loved them from the get go. She's she's my thrill seeker. Okay. She loves roller coasters. My oldest likes them, but even at this, you know, she's about to be 15 and I'm not sure she would ride Velocir coaster next time we go to Universal. Like she, I mean, that's an intense ride. Lot, Let's yeah, call it for what sure. it is. Yeah. Whereas my youngest is like, can we get front row? Uh, mm-hmm. My oldest looks at it and like, she'll go through the whole queue and then be like, I think I'm going to sit out. <laughs> so, I can see, like, I imagine that Marie would probably bat an eye at, at Velocir coaster just seeing yeah. it. But it's space, it's space, your Space Mountains, your Big Thunders, though you know any Disney one, she's all cool with. So, okay. so now uh, did did you say your youngest can ride Millennium Falcon? Yes. So all so three of those are thirty eight inches. Is Marie cool with filming you cussing out Matt and your kids? <laughs> Please. So here's the thing. Please. The, the first time that Matt went on it. <laughs> Uh, Matt loves numbers and like one of his favorite activities is like playing with a calculator, hitting the plus one button, just watching the numbers go rapidly. Yeah. If you want to piss off my brother, you 
pump gas and cover up the meter of the gas uh, going up on the pump. Like he, I don't know what it is, but he loves numbers moving very quickly like that. Yeah. Uh, I remember when we went to Disneyland for the first time. I mean, again, uh, yay autism. So uh, I remember when we went to Disneyland for the first time, we made a point of showing him the attendance clock at Toontown. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it had numbers and it had like other characters in it. And the other thing that Matt loves are those old flip clocks that were yeah. in Groundhog Day. If you know what I mean? Like with a, oh, like, yeah. the, the, like the plastic flip. And what he commented on for Disneyland for, for Toontown was that the numbers were coming up from the wrong side. He said, no, it should be coming up from the top as opposed <laughs> to flipping up from the bottom. And like couldn't care less that it was like numbers moving quickly. It was that this was not how it's supposed to be. So – uh, but to that point, the reason why this is relevant to Smuggler's Run is the first ride on it, he figured out that we made him one of the gunners. He was like the best gunner you will ever see because he didn't have to aim anything and he was just rapidly mashing the buttons. It was basically yeah. him playing on a calculator and the numbers were going up. So we did very well. I believe I, both my father and I were pilots. Neither of us can drive for shit. So take that, Josh. But well, the- I was going to say, this is when Josh would insert a mashing the button joke. Yes. That would be very inappropriate. <laughs> but hey, go ahead. But Matt, Matt did great on it. Now, I think we went back either that trip or a subsequent trip and he didn't put it together. But uh, to that point, I don't know if it would be if it'd be better for, again, first exposure to something like this. We keep our daughter back further where she is really just kind of witnessing it and not really part of the action. And then we try it again on a subsequent trip if she wants to pilot or we just throw her right in the deep end and say, nope, you're piloting. You're in charge of us crashing into stuff. And I want you yelling, Good, make the goddamn jump to light speed. <laughs> I need oh, video of this. It. I need video of this. Okay. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> if I, I mean, let you cuss, if I let you cuss out my daughters, <laughs> then come on, come on. I don't believe I swore. I, I think we can go back to whatever that footage is. Roll the tape. <laughs> anyway, I, th- so, I think I gave you permission to though. That's fair. That's fair. So whatever it is, I did ask for permission. So some of the other like. I mentioned these on the show. You gave me crap about this for the restaurants that we booked. We booked. Oh, yeah. Toli- we booked Toledo, um, which is at Coronado, Haleo, which is at Disney Springs, and Sebastian's Bistro, which is at Caribbean Beach. And I mentioned this to Ben, and he said, "Why the hell did you book Sebastian's Bistro?" And my response: Hold on, hold on. To- let me let me uh, do that again. Why the hell did you? Select Sebastian's Bistro. (laughs) My response to Ben was a picture of the menu with one item circled, and it was the pineapple and coconut bread pudding. I couldn't care less about anything else on the menu. I love bread pudding, and I wanted to try this. Can't you uh, order that to go these days? (laughs) I mean, come on. (laughs) So uh, this was also something that was kind of on our radar for a restaurant that we were going to try, but it didn't make the initial cut. And then when we extended the trip to see Luminous, which is something that we did, I don't know if I that was uh, if I had said that prior to our last show, that gave us an extra night where we could go here. So uh, we're going to try it out. It's also a situation where my youngest has a uh, a good three second warning before she changes from happy child to I'm done with the day, uh, and that usually happens at some point between seven and seven fifteen. Uh, our reservation at Sebastian's Bistro is at six twenty, so we are going to be on borrowed time uh, <laughs> for that. And we'll see how it goes, and I. We have nothing else planned that day. We're not going to the parks that day. I suspect what we're going to try to do 
is head over to Caribbean Beach at like 5 o'clock and see if we can get in early. Failing that, I haven't spent a lot of time at that resort. I know, Ben, it's your favorite resort. But if it's <laughs> a situation where we get there at 5 and they say, no, we're not going to be able to serve you before 6.20, then we'll just ride the Skyliner for a little bit. But yeah, I am looking forward to all three of them. I Haleo, Haleo I'm going to try. The other two I'm good with. But uh, Haleo des- definitely looks good. I haven't uh, – I've heard positive things about Toledo and Haleo. I really haven't heard anything about Sebastian's Bistro other than your general opinion of hating Caribbean <laughs> Beach. <laughs> some new-to-me things, Journey of Water, Tron, hopefully some of the middle of Epcot. They did say it's going to open in 2023. We are going to see Luminous uh, that first night. The plan for that day is we're starting at the Magic Kingdom and probably going to hop over there for dinner. I have no problem camping out for – several hours for a fireworks for a fireworks show. I did it for Epcot Forever that first night. I did it for the final illuminations. I've done it for New Year's Eve shows. So I'll do that and it won't be with the girls. The girls will go home with my parents in all likelihood and I'm guessing it'll be Marie, Matt and I hanging out at Epcot for several hours. You're a better man than me. What'd you say? You're a better man than me. I mean we we already know the soundtrack of it. It has not been it hasn't been stated whether it's instrumental versions or I know that the song from Tarzan is uh, uh, You'll Be In My Heart is going to be sung in different languages. So I imagine that there's still going to be quite a bit of harmonious components to it where it's still going to be like a, the Disney concert, Bob Chapek idea. But at the very least, this show is bookended with two original songs, which is at least at least something intriguing. And it doesn't have a monstrosity in the middle of World I Showcase. I was going to say, as this gets set up and we see a little bit more of it coming to opening day and maybe yep. recognize that it's not a show where you have to be in a certain spot to actually – experience right. it the right way will you still spend that much time waiting for it if it's something more like a, i mean i'll read the room illuminations, we would head to germany uh because never nobody ever seemed to be in germany and get some mm-hmm. caramel popcorn and walk right up to the rail like minutes before showtime granted you're gonna be there during that wonderful time with a million uh influencers all right, exactly. to be there so but uh it, it's the jollywood nights thing all over again i'm going to yep. be there on the first night and that's really only it wasn't by design it just happened to be when they announced that this Can is supposed you, to open october 1st if you get there and you have to wait hours for your yep. spot can you please constantly tweet so Wakefield can <laughs> shit all over you that whole Absolutely. night? Absolutely. I'll tag please. him and everything. Yes, so, please do. I mean, I, I'm going in anticipating that that's going to be what I have to do. Now, whether that's true or not, I mean, to your point, we would regularly get out of Grand Fiesta Tour, El Real Del Tiempo back in the day, Maelstrom or Frozen, with seconds to spare. Like, we are leaving the building and you start hearing the announcement that says, good evening, we're gathered here tonight around the fire as we're finding our spot and always had a great view for illuminations. Yeah. I am hoping the structure of this is similar, but day one, there is a different set of rules. So that's what I'm anticipating. What it could- wouldn't surprise me if the park reaches capacity. Yeah. Uh, it didn't for illuminations. It didn't for the first Epcot Forever, Harmonious. Well, did you see again, that line for the uh, tip top? Uh, <laughs> come on. I'm not buying drinks. They're but all it's, it's be something there. that we knew when we signed, when we extended the trip that that is on the table and it doesn't bother 
Marie. It's not going to bother Matt as long as he's fed. Uh, so Get him some chicken sandwiches so, so, yeah. at uh, Connections. And it, what we'll probably end up doing is we will probably find a spot in like the Mexico-Norway area. So if you want to find me, that's where I'll be. And it might be that Marie and I alternate taking Matt on things. If we're, if we're waiting three hours, as an example, yeah. we yeah. might just say, all right, well, one of us will take Matt on Frozen. And one of us will take Matt on Grand Fiesta Tour. And like that will be how we entertain him. But we've done that with him in the past. We brought him into the parks on New Year's. And I think uh, we camped out for like four or five hours one New Year's. And I think my sister brought him over to like the TTA a couple of times. And I I know Matt's pretty tall. Probably 6'2". So I I I'm really looking forward to when you bring him over there three minutes before showtime after going riding Grand Fiesta Tour. Uh, and he stands in front of some influencer, and <laughs> some, I, hope, I, I hope somebody's rolling tape on the fist fight that breaks out between you uh, and your family and whatever family that you're cutting in front of last minute uh, because they've been waiting there for four hours too. I ran into that, and it wasn't <laughs> on any like high demand night for it, but I ran into that the one time that I saw Harmonious, where we were in the centered area for Showcase Plaza. We probably picked out a spot a good hour in advance and it was behind a planter but there was viewing in front of that planter and grown-ass people like probably 60 year olds a minute before the show started stood up on the planter to get a better view ahead of us completely blocking our view as well as the dozens dozens of rows of people behind us and a cast member went by them at least half a dozen times telling them to get down until they finally did. But it was a good five minutes into the show before they finally sat down. Yeah. Or, or, or not not sat down, but stood up, not on the actual planter itself. So, Well, if this happens and you do get in front of somebody that gets a little irked, um, could you sit on top of uh, Matt's shoulders just to really <laughs> piss them off? Because I would love to see that. Yeah, I don't and think t- that's Cor- Corliss would absolutely possible. write an article about to- grown man sits on <laughs> grown man's shoulders blocking view. That would you- If you don't make WDWNT, you definitely make Inside the Magic. So uh, to that point, Matt is 6'2". I'm 5'9". I probably outweigh him. On a good day. Be- uh, exactly in, in heels i'm five nine <laughs> <laughs> i probably outweigh him by 50 pounds so uh as a result of that it's, but it's he's no a secret. tank he's a tank he's solid he can do this uh, i'm gonna guess no but so to that point this is again part of the pre- just make sure you're planning. wearing a trench co- make sure you wear a trench coat we can go muppet man yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the the thing that again, if if Marie listens to this show, uh, she's not a fan, but <laughs> the uh, she'll she's gonna roll her eyes at this. I have a history of foot problems. Uh, I've had plantar fasciitis <laughs> in the past. This is all. I mean, like some of it is hereditary, flat feet, low arches, that sort of thing. But Gout. let's let's call it what it is. I am overweight, and that does not help foot problems. So. Whenever I find a pair of shoes that fit and fit comfortably, I generally buy half a dozen of them. And the problem is I'm not a sneakerhead, and shoe companies like to evolve their brands. So uh, I was a New Balance guy for a while because I think a guy, an overweight guy in the 30s, that was a law. I switched to Under Armour, and Under Armour had enough variation in their main assert charged line that going from the eight to the 10 was enough of a swing where I didn't like the fit there either. So I have uh, recently purchased a 
a pair of Skechers. So my ass is going to look great. I, I didn't get the shape ups, but <laughs> this is what I've been trying to do over the better part of the last two months, trying to find a pair of shoes that I can walk around with uh, for 10 miles a day. And I suspect what's going to happen is I'm going to bring a three-year-old pair of Under Armour shoes to uh, <laughs> to wear around the parks. That like they're, The soul that is left on these, I'm looking over at them right now, I literally have Under Armour assert eights, nines, and tens to my left. The eights are the only ones that I really like, and I can't find them on eBay. I can't find any of that shit. So uh, <laughs> if anybody else has this plight of foot problems in Disney, uh, you, you can you can sympathize with me because it's something that I have to think about every time that I go. I don't know if you run into these issues. Tim, you're not as you are not overweight compared to me. <laughs> well, I, I do a lot of running uh, and, and walking on a daily basis. So I, I'm my feet. I are, did, but I still had the problems. <laughs> yeah, my feet at Disney, my feet are beat up every day. So that's fair. What I do at Disney is uh, it's not a shock to the system. So I'm I'm good. It's not so much that it's a shock to the system. I mean, I could be, you know, standing on my feet for an hour or I could be walking around Disney for 12 hours and they're going to be similarly uncomfortable. So it's really just I have but foot you're, problems. And it's- you're buying shoes that are uh, they're good shoes. Don't get me wrong, but like the shoes that I buy are designed for running, designed for designed for uh, to take care of your feet during very harsh workouts and and conditions and beating them up. So, and there's a price that comes with that as well. Yeah, that's true. You're probably spending 150 to 200 bucks for a pair of shoes. I spend way too much for a pair of shoes, but I do check my shoes before I go. And if it's that time to buy a new pair, I have a pair that I know uh, will get me through what I need to get through. During that trip, so, yeah. But the old man in me has custom orthotics and all that stuff, and really it's just, it's another annoyance that I know people have talked about on Disney Podcasts as well, but it's one that I've had uh, leading up to this trip especially. The other really dumb thing that I've put down here, I don't have uh, I don't have timestamps here, but I do have dates on here, which is relevant. My Disney visa uh, was set to expire December of 2023. Our trip over uh, goes November into December, and I recognize that December 2023 means December 31st, 2023 for the expiration. That being said, I still wanted a card that wasn't expiring in the month that I was traveling. I felt that that was a smart <laughs> thing to do. So I requested a new one early in early October. I guess they send it out about a month before the expiration. So when I did that, they send new ones with an expiration of December 2023. So they sent me <laughs> replacements that were exactly the same as the ones that I had. And what's even funnier is, uh, do you have a Disney visa? No, I don't. Okay. So they also sent something out like two weeks before I did this saying that you could change the character that you had on it. So I had Grogu on it and I changed it to Baby Yoda. <laughs> and I assumed <laughs> when I did that, that they were going to update my expiration date and of course they didn't so in the course of like four weeks i had three cards one with one with grogu two with baby yoda all of which had a december 2023 expiration date and like my card wasn't stolen or anything like that they just issued they just kept issuing me cards so what, why what what is the difference between grogu and baby yoda it's just the picture on the front of the card they sent a flyer <laughs> saying that i could change it <laughs> and so i said oh why not i'll, I'll switch it up so okay. 
I guess no, I was that, questioning why you were calling the difference between Gro- Grogu no, and Maybe no, it, was just, it was more that I just had three cards, identical <laughs> okay, numbers. Okay, you throw them way off, but okay, okay. So anyway, after they sent me the one... Disney Visa holders like get a special makeout session with like Pocahontas at Animal Kingdom Yeah, I think so. Right? I think, that, yeah, okay. that's, that's pretty much how it works. Uh, well, in the Animal Kingdom, you can make out with Pocahontas. At, Hol- at Hollywood Studios, you can make out with Kylo Ren. Make so, sure you have uh, Marie booked on a safari during that time. Give yeah, you a little point. extra time. That's the plan. <laughs> so... I called back the Disney visa uh, people no less than six times to because uh, on on one instance they sent me a card that, that doesn't exact, sound like you at all. That has, this was over like six weeks. They <laughs> they're like, yeah, we'll send you one out, and then sent one out on I think it was October seventeenth. They said that they sent it. I received it a few days later, and it has the same expiration date that we started with. I called back a few days later and they said, well, we're going to send, we sent one out on October 27th. So fast forward to last Thursday or Friday. And like, yeah, we didn't send you one on October 27th. I don't know why they told you that. So last Friday (laughs) I said, can you overnight me one? Because I'm leaving in a week. So uh, they did that and I finally got them today. So our long national nightmare is over. But that was also basically two weeks ahead of when they otherwise would have just mailed me one anyway. I would be on vacation (laughs) at that point in time. Hey everyone, Tim here with some very important breaking news on my credit card saga. As I previously stated, I received a UPS package on Monday, November 13th of the overnighted credit cards with the updated expiration date. The very next day, we received additional cards sent first-class postage through the U.S. Postal Service, also with the updated expiration date. This means that from early October to mid-November, I received four replacement credit cards, and my efforts were largely unnecessary. And now back to your regularly scheduled podcast, already in progress. But it was just... And and your your old one would work... Perfectly my, my fine. But would also let, let's not forget here that I'm insane, and like yes. this is this is the you are <laughs> what what set this all up was that I didn't want to travel with a card that was expiring. And yes, I have other credit cards as well, but the Disney one is the one that I would be using on this trip. So that was really the issue. <laughs> but yeah, that that was the last piece of trip planning that was largely resolved today. So in conclusion, I'm looking for. <laughs> I don't. I mean, we we always over plan these things we overthink them and ben you've absolutely been in this boat and i uh certainly welcomed you letting me tag along despite what you're going to say probably in the next 10 minutes uh at the end of the show if we if we do that route (laughs) not having to have the pressure of figuring out what everybody's going to do next and being the arbiter of fun as i've as i've kind of dubbed Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. it is a uh it's a daunting thing, and I know that my family appreciates that they've said it as such, but juggling those effectively six different ways that you can get on an attraction yeah. is is pretty impressive. And I looked at going back to that day one scenario where it is a very realistic possibility that we get into the park and we have – Thunder Mountain at 10, Haunted Mansion at 11.30, Pirates at 9.30, Tron at 9, Jungle Cruise at 10, and trying to just go back and forth between everything uh, with six bladders and a mm-hmm. three-year-old and a one-year-old and a, 40, a six-year-old autistic man. All of, those, all of those variables make it so that this over-planning needs to be dialed back. And I appreciate that it's allowing me to skip lines and that there needs to be some sort of method to allow you to do that. But 
the ease and the stress ca- cannot coexist. There needs to be some way to dial it back, and I don't think they've really approached it. And I think the closest thing that they've had is the original FastPass system. And we've been beating yeah. a dead horse, but original FastPass systems on digital rules eliminate virtual queues. Honestly, I'd say eliminate the advanced bookings of disability passes as well. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a much simpler approach to all of this. Yeah, and is this your first time doing it with the DAS on your app? No, no. That's okay. a huge. That's a that's in itself is a game changer. I mean, honestly, that change right there is enough for me to go that you don't need the advanced bookings completely anymore. Completely. I, I would. I would. I would have been okay if they had said that's our trade off. Well, I mean, the advanced bookings they, weren't a thing prior to them introducing it, and I think no, the mistake I'm just, was. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, when, when they added the DAS on the app where you don't have to go to every attraction, if they had mm-hmm. said on that same day, hey, we're giving you this, but we're taking away the advanced bookings because you don't They added those. them both on the same day. Yeah, th- that's I, – I was it on the same day? Yeah, it, they, was. it was. It was as part of this advanced registration, you get the advanced bookings and it's all on the app as well. That was thought, all part they, of the all same on the rollout. App. Oh, I thought that came like a year later. No, that was all part of okay. the same role. Well, I'm, I'm I'm fairly certain that's how it was. Yeah, I, I maybe maybe. Uh, well, either way, uh, the the being able to do it on the app and not having to run to each attraction is more than enough for anybody that needs the DAS of not needing the advanced bookings to go along with it. it that's uh, I can agree there. That's that's for sure. But the, the the simplicity of being able to do it all on your phone that's more than enough. I think what we're gonna face here. When the evolution happens, presumably in the next few months, the our our guests were our, our I believe we were told flat out that it was yeah. going to change in January yeah. when park reservations go away. Perhaps we were just inferring that. I don't know, but no, that's yeah, that was the time period. That when that happens, I could see them keeping individual lightning lanes, keeping Genie Plus, and adding tiers to Genie Plus to mm-hmm. add another fucking variable to, uh, to mm-hmm. all of this. Oh, yeah. I, no, it's only going to get more complicated. <laughs> they're, they're, the, whatever comes next is not going to simplify what we're talking no. about right now. It's going to add another layer of, oh, crap, I got to do this. I think I, – I think, <laughs> God, this is so stupid. The If, if they're going to go with tiers, they have to eliminate the individual lightning lane component of it. Yeah. it's They've got to yeah. roll it all into one. Which they will and they're never not going do that. To, and they're not going to do it. <laughs> nope. All they right. will never do that. Well, let's wait for them to make that next decision and we can bitch about that even more. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about ear infections and that sort of thing? Are uh, we not going to talk about my trip planning? What are you doing? I'm going on a cruise, baby. You did We're going to be that. on vacation at the same time. No, we don't need to talk about it. But yes, I'm going on a cruise this uh, Saturday, a, a little trip out of uh, Galveston. So uh, if you thought I was drunk during the World Series, wait till you <laughs> see me on the drinks package that I've already pre-purchased and uh, cannot wait to start taking advantage of Saturday morning. This is just a reflection of how self-absorbed I am. Now, Ben, <laughs> like, I, I was well aware that Ben was going on this trip. I didn't know when it was. But again, this is how wrapped up in my own world I am. So... Why do you why do you tell our listeners where where the uh, the trip is headed? And it's, uh, it's not a Disney I, cruise. It's, I'd be lying uh, to you if I knew. It's a couple <laughs> couple places in Mexico. Cosmel. Isn't that and, nice? Uh, I don't care. I don't I don't care where I'm going at all. I'm just You're uh, not working for 
I'm not working. I'm not connected. I'll be on a beach at least two days. Yep. Uh, the, my favorite part of this is my whole family's going. There's like 20 something of us going. Oh, that's and, pretty cool. Yeah. And it's my, uh, my mom's side of the family, which is, uh, they're all from Texas. They're all from a little small town. It's the countryside of my family. Uh, they don't do many things like this. So, uh, I'm very excited to go on a trip with them. These are my aunts and uncles that, that, you know, helped raise me. They, 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 I, they've been, we've, we're a very close family. On so they're side. to blame. So, yeah, it's absolutely. <laughs> and, and when we get together for our family get togethers, it's like everybody bring their own case of beer. Cause you're each going to hammer, you know, 30 to 50 of them. Uh, so the first thing that we told each one of them was like, you have to buy the drink package before you get on this boat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you guys don't understand that a, uh, a Miller light is, you know, $12. And the way right. we watch you guys drink, you'll be at a thousand dollars day one. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> we, we all got the drinks package. So now my next thing is I have to tell them there's like a brig on the boat that that you can, they will lock you up. Uh, if, <laughs> so, you know, be on your best behavior after you're completely hammered. So, uh, no, I can't wait. It's, it's I'm, uh, I have, I've been looking forward to this trip so, so much. So uh, it's going to be a great time. But yeah, but after this one, we have another cruise uh, in March, which I think I maybe mentioned on the show here, but uh, I didn't realize that we're going out of Port Canaveral, uh, okay. which is fantastic with us having season passes to yeah. uh, Disney again. So uh, we've already booked our flights for that to where we'll go to the parks the day before the cruise leaves. We'll, we'll, we'll get up that Saturday morning and then head to Port Canaveral and get on the boat, but we'll be there. I think we fly in Thursday night, so we'll have all day Friday. Then we get back the following Saturday and drive from Port Canaveral back to the parks and go all day Saturday, go all day Sunday, and uh, fly back on Monday. So we'll get a quick three, uh, three days in the parks uh, in March, so super excited about that before we go to parks again in June. So I've done that once before where you actually put a cruise in the middle of a Disney trip and it's a, you don't necessarily think that way. If you, if you, plenty of people will do like cruise first and then a Disney trip after or vice versa, uh, putting it right in the middle, I think is really the way to go Yeah, because you have the, the, the stresses, the hustle and bustle, the like hurry up and wait basically aspect of the Disney trip, the, the Disney world part of things. And then the cruise is just a totally different vibe for, for yeah. a vacation. But it's it's an interesting dynamic. Again, once the girls are older, I absolutely want to do that with them uh, on a Disney ship. Our yeah. our oldest has seen some of like the splash pad areas on some of those ships. And it's like, I, uh, Dada, why can't we go to that? <laughs> and yeah. uh, well, you and your sister need to be able to stay in the same room as us. That's basically <laughs> yeah. what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, and, that, and and this is a we're not doing a Disney cruise on this one. This is a another Norwegian cruise. But my favorite part of this one is we're going on the Norwegian Escape, which okay. I think is my fifth time on the Norwegian Escape. Oh wow! Okay, so. The thing I love about that is when you do a boat multiple times, it really kind of becomes uh, like your home resort at a Disney park. Like you just know sure, every you know nook and cranny. You, I, I know where my favorite bar is. I know where I like to go get my wings at. I know where I get to go to do this or go do that. I know where my favorite deck chair is. I know where my favorite hot tub is. So, uh, yeah, that's I, I, we love cruising. We cruise a ton. And there's something to try in new ships, but there's definitely something to going on a ship that you love and doing it over and over again because you, uh, whenever you're doing a new ship, you tend to spend the first couple days learning that ship. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Whereas, That's why yeah, you need at least a five-day cruise yeah, yeah. to really benefit. 
Yeah, so when you've done one that you've done multiple times, it's like you literally step on the boat and go like, let's get started. I So I can't wait for that trip as well. That's uh, And for all this time, we've had it booked for a year. I thought we were going out of uh, Fort Lauderdale. That ship always goes out of Fort Lauderdale. And Lisa was just like, no, it goes out of Port Canaveral. I'm like, shit, uh, we're going to go to the parks <laughs> for a couple days. Yeah, there you <laughs> so go. worked out perfect. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, let's see. I talked and did my trip planning for a good, I don't know, 60 to 75 minutes. I gave Ben three minutes. That's about right. That, I think that's that works. Fair. Thanks a All lot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any questions or topic ideas, you can email us at martycalledgmail.com. We'll look at them in another decade or so. You can also follow us on X under the username at martycalled or join in on the discussions in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash martycalled. We'd also appreciate it if you rated and reviewed the show on iTunes. It helps spread the word on the, sh- on the show and drives all of our international traffic. And uh, are we switching to Patreon uh, off of Bandcamp, or is that another show? Well, after seeing the prices Jim and Len are going to be charging on their new one, we definitely freaking need to do it. We, pro- we probably should set that up. Uh, ben, where can we find you online? Besides you can Bandcamp? find me uh, on, on X at backside underscore water. And you can find me on Twitter under the username at InfernoBart. Sorry, X, I should change that in my notes here. I have to read that because I don't know what my, my Twitter handle is. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one. Josh, we need three of every drink so we can properly review every one of the Tip Top Club's uh, cocktails. So anyway, here I am at DHS, just hanging out, you know, at Hollywood Nights, trying to get over the the crowds that are there, and I decide that I need a drink, you know, as one does. So I swing by the Tip Top Club, and what do I find? 9,000 fucking bloggers whacking each other in the nuts with their selfie sticks, ordering every freaking drink on the menu, and of course praising how perfect it is, because that's all these people are capable of. Meanwhile, I'm just trying to get hammered, and I can't do it, because I got Lou Mangiello and 8,000 of his clones getting in the goddamn fucking way. Ugh. I swear, I understand why Derek switched to Universal.